when you're sort of struggling with your money, it takes up so much of your capacity. And I didn't realize how much it affected, you know, every single aspect of my life. Like I would, my anxiety was through the roof. I was as stressed as anything. I probably wasn't very nice to get along with. I think it affected my communication with my wife quite dramatically. So to, to come out of that now and, and realize, yeah, just how much space I've got for other things in my life, that's been really powerful. Growing a successful trades business isn't about you being the best on the tools. It's about how you profit, plan, prepare and prosper so you can create a business that supports you and your family. Welcome to Profit First for Tradies. I am your host, Katie Krismali Marshall, and this is the podcast for tradies who are ready to transform their business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. Let's dive in. To start with a little bit of a summary about the business where you were before we started working together, what was working, what wasn't working? Yeah, so uh, my business, I'm a carpenter. I'm still fully on the tools. And at the moment, I have two apprentices. I think back then I just had the one. Yeah, I just had the one. So what was working beforehand, you know, I, I do love what I do. I really do love what I do. Um, I get a lot out of being on site, swinging my hammer, and like I, I really enjoy it. So I do think I'm, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound up myself, but I do think I do a good job. I think I'm reliable, and I, I have plenty of work. You know, I have plenty of work because I... You know, I think I provided a, a specific value. Um, what wasn't working, just the cash flow. The cash flow was, I just never had a handle on it. It was such a challenge. Like the bass, the bass was the big one. So I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd work like anything right to the end of the quarter just to, just to try and pay that bass. And then all of a sudden I realized oh, I'm fully behind on the next one. You know, I did that quarter up, quarter up, quarter, and then you get to the end of the year and I get a big tax bill and I got, I can't afford that either. Yeah, and that plays into, you know, um, trying to take time off at Christmas, plays into, you know, all of those sorts of things. That, that It was a real challenge. And how long have you been in business for now? So I finished my apprenticeship in 2011 and I was so sure that I did not want a job. So I went out of my own straight away. I sort of floated around just subbing a couple of different builders and different carpenters at the time until I which I actually quite enjoyed. It sort of gave me a, a different perspective, working for different people, learning different things, different projects. I think it was good to sort of float around a little bit. I got my first big gig, a big, big builder. I think it must have been about 2014, 2015, and it really took off. You know, plenty of work. Um, I was sort of getting guys in to give me a hand when I needed it. And then I think that's when everything sort of, when it really ramped up, that's when it got really challenging. Different. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, well and truly. Well and truly, I thought I, you know, I thought I'd just go for it and it would just work, but it didn't. And it got pretty bad around the time my first son was born. He was born super premature. He was, he was born at 28 weeks. He spent the first three months of his life in hospital. Came home with, you know, oxygen tanks, and he was an extremely difficult baby. He really was, and and we really struggled with that. Both and, and my other son too. They're both with special needs, so. I really struggled in that part because I had this pull between providing for my family at work, you know, getting in sight and making the money, and, be- and providing by being at home and being there. And that was that was a big deal for me. So I actually got offered a job just just when my first son was coming over from hospital. I got offered a job on wages, um, commercial mob was all the benefits, and I thought, oh, this is probably the right move. So I took it, and I hated it. I hated 
every single minute of it. And like they're, they're a great company. They did some cool jobs, but I hated that it wasn't my own. I couldn't handle it. And I hated not having the, you know, the sort of flexibility that I had before. And at the end of the year, I clawed my way back into uh, the builder that I work for now. And I actually, st- actually started that cycle again. You know, that first year I thought, no, I've got this now. I'm, I'm on track now. You know, uh, my accountant did my end of year tax and I thought, oh no, I've done it again. So all super, super common, I hear, as you mentioned, <laughs> yeah. I hear this all the time. So you're not special in that department. It happens constantly. Yeah. So you would have been working for yourself in this up and down chasing money for Baz for quite a few years, what probably? Oh, yeah. Yeah, quite a few years. And probably, yeah, probably a good a solid five years of really, really struggling to keep up with it. And then what made you look for a solution? To be honest, I I think I was quite hesitant to look for a solution. I felt like I had to just figure it out on my own and I didn't really want to talk about it. I probably hid it, to be honest. So I think that that year of COVID had a lot to do with it, the instability of that year. I mean, mind you, we were, we were quite lucky. We got to keep working. The majority of it, there was only a few weeks here and there that we had to stop. That year, the young, being so unsure of, am I going to be forced to stop? Am I, what am I going to do if I can no longer work? How am I going to you know, pay the bills and feed my family? I burnt myself out really bad that year. And I was, I think coming into 2021, I was, it was almost like I just sort of had my head above water. I'd sort of knocked out my debts. I was, you know, I had a, had a really strong pipeline of work, so I was, I was moving along okay. But I knew, given that that year of COVID, I knew I was one step away from falling right back into that bad trap. And it actually came up. I was talking to one of the chippies on site, and I, I said to him, I, I noticed you, you know, you made just made some changes in your business. You know, you got rid of them and did this and that. And he was like, yeah, well, I, um, I said, how the, how the hell did you do it? Like, how did you know what, what's the go there? And he said, oh, I did this program, Profit First for Tradies. Um, I, you know, I gave it three months and I could see, you know, this wasn't working. So I changed this and that. And I was like, wow. Oh. So you did it because yeah. I had to know more. So just that little description of I had this system in my business. I knew what was and wasn't working. So I made changes to suit. And I was like, oh, well, I totally want to be able to do that. Because I've got all these, I was, I was always so frustrated. I had these had these great ideas, had these great ideas that I just couldn't get out of my head. And part of that was because I was I was so scared of just falling into more trouble that I didn't want to make any moves. So I ordered the book. I No, I actually got it on Audible. I got it on Audible. I listened to it straight away. I think I finished it in about two days. I think I actually even listened to it twice. Uh, and I was like, this book was written for me. I just knew it straight away. And you mentioned there that uncertainty and you knew you were like one step away. And that's one of the things I hear all the time. It's like, we're just living like week to week, job to job, and there's no safety net. There's no backup. And if anything goes wrong, whether it be something like COVID, whether it be your builder goes bust, whether it be staff members sick, you sick, family sick, whatever it may be, there's such a fine line between as you say, keeping your head above water to yep. drowning. And that's that's right. One of the things that drives me most crazy and something that just drives me to reach more and more tradies to make sure that we can improve yeah, that. That's right. 
That's right. And I think another big thing for me as well is that, so I got off at this, uh, when my when my son was born, I got off at this job and I, and I thought, all right, this is, you know, the right thing to do, you know, responsible. And, and in this job, it was, you know, it was, it was commercial, it was a commercial gig. So it was good pay at RDOs. We had, you know, long service leave, all of these entitlements. And I moved away from that because I wanted more freedom. I wanted more in general for myself and for my family. So why would I move away from something that is potentially so comfortable and be worse off? You know, it didn't this make is, any sense. Well, this is such an interesting point, isn't it? Because often we think that if we have more money, everything will be okay. If we have that security, everything will be okay. But that by itself is not enough. We need to have, in your instance, the flexibility of being able to go home if you need to and that type of thing. And that is finding that balance, I think, is really important. And that's why we have so many people in jobs that they hate because they think they need the they, they think if they have that safety net that everything will be okay. But it's yeah. it's not like that. For most of us, we want flexibility, we want freedom, we want choice, we want all of those things, and we want the safety net as well. And it's a how do we get that? And Profit First will absolutely help you do that. So I wanted to yep. mention that you are in your car today. So tell me firstly a little bit of the story about the car and then also how for every session that we have when you did the program, you were always in your car. So just, yeah, give us a little bit of a backstory around that one. Yeah, so the uh, from memory, I think it was uh, each Wednesday at 11 o'clock, say. And I was like, oh, well, that's easy. I'll just, I'll just jump in the car. It actually didn't seem like it didn't seem odd to me. It just seemed to make sense. So every, yeah, every Wednesday, 11 o'clock, jumped in my car. I had my young bloke, Dan. I just, you know, I set him up for that half an hour or 45, whatever the, whatever the session was. And that's where I, that's where I did all the work. And so for those who think that they have to be in the office or they have to be in a quiet space or whatever it may be, you did the entire 12 weeks from your car and were very successful. Yep. So again, it was around that mindset. You could have thought, oh, I can't do it because I can't be home or you just yeah. made it work. Yeah. And to be honest, I love my kids, but I cannot work from home. I can't even write an email. And I think that's something as well that so often I work with clients who are, they'll work on out all day and then they'll go back into the office at home at night to try and do quotes and so on. And they might be in there for three, four hours and they actually get nothing done. And one of the things that Profit First does for you is to allow you to understand where your money's going, which makes that clearer, but also gives you a little bit more headspace to do other things. So rather than sitting in an office yeah. for four hours trying to do something, you could sit in your car for 15 minutes and get the same amount of work. Yeah, that's all right. I think it ties in with it ties in with efficiency really well. It's So I, I thought, okay, I've got to take this portion of time out of my day to do this because I so want to do it. Um, so I need to be more efficient for the rest of the day. And it's not like, hey, I just worked harder because, you know, I took you know, 45 minutes or an hour, whatever it was, out of the day. But I became more efficient because I knew that I had to be. I had less time on site, so I needed to, I wasn't going to drop sales just because I was doing a program. But yeah, I became more efficient by sort of pushing my time down a little bit. And this is ties in beautifully with Profit First. So in Profit First, we talk about Parkinson's law, so that we will have a certain amount of time to do a job, a project, activities, whatever it may be. And if that time is reduced, in most cases, we still get the same amount of work done. If it's expanded, yeah. then we do the same amount of work, but in the larger amount of time. So that's a perfect yeah. example that 
you prioritize to do the program, you also prioritize to not drop sales or not drop your earning capacity as a result of having to take that time out and was very successful at it. So it's Yeah, that's right. Something that you thought you could have done before the program? No. No, absolutely not. I had a mindset that if I want to make more money, I have to spend more time on site. And I've I've since like absolutely smashed that. So I used to work every single weekend, overtime galore. Uh obviously doesn't work when you've got young kids and you know for a long time and that came back to that that work life balance it caused a lot of tension because i felt like i had to be at work and so i went back to sort of every second and i got to the point where i was uh, all right we have to call the call the saturdays and i somehow became more efficient in five days a week than i ever was in six you know there's things like oh you know i should finish that right now but oh no i'll just do it tomorrow because i'm going to be here on saturday just being being more efficient with my time uh, and it's given me it's given me all this time with my family. It's been fantastic. And so your boys are only young, so having time with the family was something that was important to you. Oh, absolutely. And again, you had worked weekends for kind of ever? Yeah, so I started doing like little weekend jobs as an apprentice because I wanted to go and, you know, make my own money and get more experience. And I, it was when I really, when I really ramped up, I thought I just have to run with this. I just, I was so zoned in on it. This is my one and only job. And I, I probably took it too far. <laughs> very common though. Very, very common to think if I just do more work, I'm going to make more money, which is actually one of the biggest myths of the industry. Most of the time, if you work more, you're going to become less profitable. Because if you're not profitable at the start, you're not going to be profitable when you do more work and you're actually going to go backwards yeah. faster. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so now you've got your weekends free, you're more profitable. You're doing more in the same space of time and you've got much more headspace for other things. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. And so coming back to the car, as we said, we you yes. do all your sessions in the car, but this wasn't the car that you had when we first started. So tell us a little bit of a story around the car situation. That, so the car I had at the time, it was a 2008 single cab Hilux. I bought it sort of near the end of my apprenticeship um, and I absolutely loved that car. It's like I built my whole business in that car. You know, I remember bringing my, my old dog Sam home in that car. Like I, I remember pulling into the driveway each night and the kids would run down the driveway and they'd, they'd jump in and pile into this little single cab. We'd just back it up the driveway. Like it was, I loved it. And I didn't want to buy a new car, but having two kids and a single cab, it just didn't work. And it was very obvious that it didn't work. Uh, and it was something I probably should have dealt with a few years earlier, but I didn't want to borrow the money. I didn't want to borrow it. So one of the things that we did in, in our in our sessions, one of the goals that I put in there was to upgrade the car. So what we did was we looked at okay, what am I willing to spend each week on this new car? What what am I what am I willing for my repayments to be? And with that, you can reverse engineer that into okay, what is that loan size? Am I am I okay with that? Am I happy to to go ahead with that? Um, so we took that amount each week, and I started making mock repayments. So that did two things. I think it was it was over a course of a couple of months. I, it showed me that I was, uh, you know, I was consistently paying for that every single week. So cool, I can afford it, I can do it, and I built a deposit, which was great. So I didn't have to borrow uh, as much money for the car. And I tell you, I I didn't think I wanted a new car until I got a new car. <laughs> and I'm sure it's much easier now with the boys to not have to be switching cars with your wife and so on when you want to pick them up. Oh yeah, it's you know, it's like all right, cool, it's good for the business because you know I can. I don't know. It's just a newer car. 
Um, the old, the older one was probably going to start costing me a little more because you know wear and tear. But what it's what yeah what it's given me just you know but my personal life has been huge. It's been absolutely fantastic. You know, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it otherwise. I probably would have argued with my wife for the next few years about not getting a car because I couldn't afford it. And again, like with that, just knowing that you could, like the relief, knowing that you could make those repayments because you were already making those repayments as if you had the car prior to getting the car, then yeah. meant that you didn't have stress. So I remember when I was when I was at Brennan, so I borrowed the money for that Hilux and I just went and did it. And that having that loan, especially as an apprentice, it was a shocking decision. <laughs> I should not have done that. I mean, but I did it and just hoped for the best. And I had, I had to deal with it for years and years and years. And that's partially why I was so hesitant to do it again, because I just didn't want that stress over my head. Mm. But like I said, it was, you know, it was time for an upgrade. Um, it was something that I, that I needed, you know, for my family just to be more efficient as a unit. And I went and did it with confidence. And haven't looked back. Again, the time that you're saving by not having to change cars, not having to think about, even the mental energy, not having to think about, oh, I've got to teed up with my wife to get home, switch cars and so on. Like we forget yeah. how much mental energy that wastes. Oh, yeah. It's just un- unnecessary. Yeah. And, and, and along that as well, it is just my wife's responsibility to deal with that. It's just not, you know, I, I, I love my boys like so in and I want to be involved in every single aspect of their lives. I don't want to be, oh, no, I can't do that because I'm, you know, I'm working, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I want to be want to be a part of it. And that's something I hear. I speak to a lot of clients reach out to me when they are have a baby on the way or they've got very young children and then they realise that they're working all this time and they're never seeing their family and then family yeah. life is not so fun. And so that's a super, super common one that I hear all the time. So many people yeah. just don't realise that there's a solution though. Yeah, because it goes very, very quickly. Like my, my oldest son started primary school this year and I'm like, like what the what the heck? And it just goes faster and faster. My daughter is in year ten, and last night we were talking about selecting subjects for eleven and twelve. Like blink, and they are almost adults. So yes, and I am the daughter of self-employed parents. My parents had their own business from when I was eight to nineteen, and my biggest wish for the clients that I work with is to be able to have more time with their family. Like. We didn't have a terrible childhood. It was great, but we never had mum and dad together. And we went on one holiday in that time for one week with both of them because somebody always had to be working. They both couldn't go away together. And making sure that I can help tradies have that time is the most important thing to me because, as I say, before you know it, your kids are adults and they're out of the house and you can't get that time back. And I think it's something that we... We put off. We think, well, next year will be better, next year will be better, next year will be better, and then all of a sudden they're adults. So we want to help alleviate that. So I also wanted to ask, what was something that you got out of the program that you didn't expect to? So one thing, actually, one thing I want to mention, which I really, really got a lot out of, was was it being in a group setting. I think there's, there was so much value in that because you got these other... You know, these other businesses in there um, and you're getting all this information and all these stories from them and you can relate, you can relate straight away. And I also found myself, you know, giving some valuable information out as well. And I thought, oh, wow, I, I kind of knew, to, I do know a little bit, you know, I know a little bit more than I'm letting myself on to. So that was a, 
that's something I really enjoyed and I, I highly advocate for. I think it's, you know, the group group sessions are amazing. The other thing is a couple, I guess there's a couple in there. One, the bank accounts, right? So I didn't, I used to run everything out of just one account. Everything came in, everything came out. And I remember thinking, okay, well, that's a lot of accounts, but all right, I'll, I'll lean into it. I'll, I'll do it. And I was surprised at how quickly it made sense. You know, I remember doing my, I remember that first week, I, first lot of pays come in, went to do my first sort of allocations. And I'm thinking, this is not going to work. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to a good point to bring up yeah. here. So you would have been a few weeks into the program by then and you're still like, yeah, this is not going to work, which is again, really, really common. People are like, we get it, Katie, but actually how's that going to work until you get to this point and you yeah. actually start doing the do. Yeah, that's right. So that was a big thing too. Having everything separated, it just made it clearer straight away. And I think that's something I didn't realize would happen so quickly. Uh, and then the, the other thing which I which has sort of really happened over time, which was, we spoke about earlier, is the space that I have now. So I didn't realize how much, like I think, you know, it, when you're sort of struggling with your, with your money, it takes up so much of your capacity. And I didn't realize how, how much it affected you know, every single aspect of my life. Like I would, my anxiety was through the roof. I was as stressed as anything. I probably wasn't very nice to get along with. I think it affected my communication with my wife quite dramatically. So to, to come out of that now and, and realize, yeah, just how much space I've got for other things in my life. I think it's been, that's been really powerful. And just being able to, and we met, I mentioned this before, if I, like, I know that's an outcome that we all get when we work together. But if I would have said that at the start, you would have thought I was crackers. And yes. yeah, so it's <laughs> nice. It's so nice to hear you say that because it's something that it doesn't matter how much I try to explain that outcome until you actually feel it yourself. Yeah. Um, or I'm okay. I'm good. I've got plenty of space until you actually yeah. get the space and then you realize how little space yeah. you had. That's right. And in my experience, you know, my all right, I'm, you know, I've got I've got work jack and I've got home jack. All right, they're they're separate, but they are so intertwined. Right, if I'm struggling with work, it affects my family. If I'm struggling at home, if my family's struggling, it affects my business. It just does. So, and what I've noticed, I've, I sort of I took that personal leap and I did some work on my business, and it gave me a little bit of space to work on myself, and then I gained more confidence to look even further into my business and think about, all right, what do I really want out of this? Where do I want my business to go? How do I want my business to look in, you know, three, five, 10, 20 years? And, and, and it, it's like they're, they're coming side by side and I'm moving forwards in, in each one. It's, yeah, I'm not the person I was, you know, two years ago. Not at all. And for the better. For the much yep, better. For the better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. So, so good to hear. And I think it's that what I hear you say is that before you didn't think, you couldn't even see that as an option that you could improve both of you along the way and then now this has opened that up and it's like oh okay and so now yeah. you know it's limitless what you can do yeah that's exactly right and even like i finished my apprenticeship and i was like oh, i'm i'm going straight into doing my cert four i'm going to get my builders reg i'm going to do this this and that a couple of years into business i said i'm not doing that i do not want the responsibility i don't want to go near it i can't even think about it i don't have the space like oh, we're going to oh, study what the heck it's not happening. And now I'm thinking, oh yeah, I can I can do that. And how and all right, how am I gonna do it? What's the next step? 
and it opens up that choice. So now you can, you can entertain the idea. Do I want to do that? Ooh, what are my options? It's not a hard yes or a hard no. It's like, oh, actually, this could work. And then you can still choose not to yeah. do it if you like. But now, as you say, you've got that space to be able to like rationally think it through rather than just make rash decisions. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think another thing that happens, I think, in business too is this this imposter syndrome. So, you know, you're, you're, you're working and working and working and you're, you're in it, you're in the thick of it. And you can't, like I was so focused on what wasn't working that I couldn't see the, the things that were, hmm. you know. And now, now you've got some space and think, okay, I have, made, I have fixed this, I have improved that, things are looking good. Oh, okay, maybe I'm not just a, you know, all right, all right I'm a tradie, all right, I'm a carpenter. But to try and move from that to being a business owner, yeah, I think my business owner, what do you mean? I'm just a, I'm just a tradie. <laughs> so, so again, so interesting you say this. I hear from a lot of tradies that I work with, I'm just a dumbass electrician, builder, carpenter. And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. you're not. And so it's nice to hear that you can actually finally see yourself as the business owner as well, not just the chippy. Because yeah. as you say, within the group coaching sessions, being able to realize that you have a lot of information and knowledge that you just didn't have the confidence to share. And yep. now that then makes you somebody who within the industry can help change the industry because the industry as a whole, you know, is a little bit sucky at times. And we have to just one by one helping, educating everybody in the industry. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of people in, in the industry who shouldn't be here, and that's fine. But for the majority of those who are very good at what they do, but like you were previously, just can't see any other options and are just so consumed by so many different things that yeah. they can't see their worth. They can't see how they can help others. And this kind of has helped you open up and realize yeah that's exactly right and i think there's you know there's something missing so you know for myself for example like you know i did not belong in high school at all i was a bit of a pain so sort of i think coming up to the end of year 10 there was a big group of guys that were just very encouraged to just get out get out we don't want you here you don't want to be here just just move along and i was lucky enough that i knew i wanted to be a carpenter two of my uncles were, were carpenters and i and i I think mum even let, so they didn't, they didn't do work experience at my high school, yeah. but she I think she took me out of school for a couple of weeks to go and work on his house. He was building his house in um, in Churnside Park, and I was like, "This is for me." So I was lucky enough that I knew I wanted to do that. Mm. But I, you know, but between that, I went and did my pre app, got my job, you know, trade school and throughout. They do not tell you how to run a business. They do not tell you what can go wrong and what to do when those things go wrong. Mm. You know, it's just it's not there. You've got to. It's almost like you've got to go out, stuff it up, and then find out the answers. And in your situation, you were just lucky enough to have somebody else on site who you noticed was doing something differently, and then you had the courage yep. to speak up and ask. Otherwise, the cycle yep. just continues, and we have all yeah. these tradies who are just working their butts off, stressing out, missing out on family time. Because yeah. they don't know that there's a solution out there. And again, working with me is not the only solution, but I always encourage everybody to just put their hand up and just start investigating, having chats with different people to see what's a good fit. Like you did, notice that another per another person in your trade was doing something differently, was improving, saying, hey, like, what are you doing? What's the, like, what's your secret? And it shouldn't be yeah. a secret. And yeah. that's what we want to get rid of that 
we go do our trade, we work for somebody for a while, we go out on our own, we make all these mistakes, we get into a heap of debt, and then eventually, if you're lucky, you might find a way out, and then you've got to dig yourself out for the next couple of years. Like, let's try and remove that step. That's yeah. my goal. So I want to finish up with one final question. If you had to give those listening one piece of advice, what would that be? So I think if you're like, obviously, if you're listening to this, there's something that's caught your attention. Just like when I read the book, I was like, wow, this is, you know, this, this book is written for me. There's so many things in it. I'm like, this is it. So I think if you've got an interest, give it a go. And second to that, you don't have to be in a specific spot to start. I waited until I was sort of okay with potentially talking to someone about the issues in my business to sort of pull my head up and give it a go. If I had to put my hand up a year, two years, even five years earlier, I can only imagine how much stress that would have taken away and just and fixing the problems early. You know, even coming up to the end of last year, I noticed I kept running out of running out of cash in my operating expenses. Right, I'm looking at them going, okay, well, it's it's specifically in the operating expenses. So why is that? What's going on? And I ran through, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, you know, wages have gone up, superannuation's gone up, petrol's gone up, all of these things have gone up. Okay, okay, so there's the issue. I can see it. I can see exactly what it is and deal with it right now rather than waiting five years and going grey. And-, and that's a perfect example. And one of the benefits of having the multiple bank accounts is you could identify what bank account was short and then that helps you identify what's the cause of that. So, in, And then you then you went and fixed that. So rather than thinking, oh, I need to do more work or I need to do more of this job or that job or, you know, throwing spaghetti at a wall, you were able to really clearly identify. For you, it was a pricing issue. And you yep. went and then you had the conversations around that. You got your rate changed and now that was all solved quite quickly as opposed yeah, to absolutely. just trying to... Yeah, because if you don't, it's not just going to fix itself. And I tried for, for years to power through and just make it work. I even remember this, I can't remember exactly when it was. I remember thinking it was a very specific moment. I was like, my God, I really have to make this work. Like I've got one more shot. I have to make this work. I felt so stuck because I, I clearly couldn't go and get a job because I hated that, but also you know, was struggling to run a business. I, I, I'd know where to go. And I think that's a perfect point to highlight there is so many people are in that situation, but so many people just choose the, this is how it is. This is how, yep. what it's like. We struggle. Tradies always struggle. All my mates are talking about the struggle. When I always say to them, that doesn't have to be the norm. Let's change that. And as you say, do a bit of work, invest in yourself, do the work, and you're going to be able to have make the changes. Yeah, and actually that that makes me think too. Like, I got into a really bad habit of not spending a cent on myself. Why would I? Why would I put any money into myself? Even you know, buying a pair of no, I'm not buying any pair of jogs. So I can't pay my bills. So I'm putting any money into myself. So to change that around to invest invest in myself, but like I truly see the value in it. Whatever you put in, you get back tenfold, if not more. No, I think it's such an important thing to do because it's not it's not even nearly a waste of money to invest in your training or, you know, in your in your development. I think it's so important to do. And I wish I had done that earlier. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jack. This has been amazing. You were a great client and continue to be. 
you reach out when you have questions, which is my big thing. It's whether we're working together ongoing or not. I always say to all my clients, make sure you reach out. And I think that's also key is to, you don't just go and, for example, do my program and then that's it. There's always going to be that ongoing support if you reach out and say, hey, what's going on here? I need help. And for sometimes we've had a few conversations. Sometimes it's just been me reassuring you that you actually do know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Sometimes right, we have those wobbles. <laughs> We're like, oh, no, actually, do I really yeah. know? Have I learned that stuff or not? So, yeah, you've been a great, great student. And it's um, so nice to see the progress that you've made. It's so nice to know that your boys have you home on the weekends, that your wife has a much nicer husband <laughs> that's awesome so thank you so much uh, and, and thank you too katie it, it's been such a positive process and like i said before like my life's completely changed you know my business has completely changed and i'm you know i'm i feel like i'm a much better husband employer and business owner uh, for that so thank you very much Thank you for joining me for this episode of Profit First for Tradies. If you want more, head over to profitfirstfortradies.com.au for the show notes and the links to today's free resources. And if you'd like to learn how to become a permanently profitable tradie and eliminate your cash flow problems, join us in the Profit First for Tradies Facebook group where I share tips, resources and trainings so you can save time, save money and save your sanity. You can learn more over at profitfirstfortradies.com.au. Catch you next time on the Profit First for Tradies podcast.